You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McCuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Now, I'm afraid we've got good news and bad news for today's episode. The good news is that we managed to save this live special show from being unlistenable, frankly. Uh, The bad news is that in terms of sound quality, it's still not great. Really sorry about that. We had a great time talking to a very talented comedian, but due to some unforeseen issues with background noise and some other technical problems, this was very nearly a washout, and I'm afraid it's all completely my fault. I'm very grateful to uh, my sometime assistant producer, Sarah Grun, for her help with this, but if you're new to the Comedians Comedian podcast, please be aware that the sound quality that follows is not representative of our usual standards. We didn't want to throw it out completely, and if you uh, persevere with it, you will hear why. There's some excellent stuff here from the very funny Mr. Benny Boot. Um, thank you so much for, for coming along. You, I was going to interview you at Baby Blue the last time we kicked together. Do you remember in Liverpool? Oh, we, both had a big night. we both had a big night, and I texted yeah. you about two thirty p.m. the next day and said, "Look, let's just do it another time." So, Marcus, you, I remember that was the last time I saw you prior to the gig that you did for us tonight, um, and you absolutely smashed it to pieces in a commercial comedy club on a weekend. No, it's like a Friday or a Saturday night. Yeah, I like Baby Blue. You normally don't go with there because it's a bit, it's a bit rowdy. But it gets mixed reviews. Some acts say they, they hate it. Yeah. But I generally usually have a, a decent one now. Quite like I get excited when I go there. It, it's got the architecture of the rooms. It's like a basement room with sort of brick arches everywhere. And I, I always think brick or wood panelling makes the sound reverb. And so it tends to... So yeah, and it really, really only like one or two people laugh and then it just gets multiplied off the... I actually don't do that good, it's just yeah. like two people in there laugh. <laughs> but it's, it's also full of uh, little Pudlian people who are, do you find them a hard audience? They sort of got a reputation for being difficult, I think. Yeah, no, like I said, I've never had a, like, the, I've had like gigs that haven't gone well, but never anyone that's, I've had to go, oh, you fucking, oh, you're the dick. Yeah. Right. like that. I've been, I can kind of deal with it. I guess because once you get relaxed in the club, you're not really intimidated by it, so you just feel like you can. Sure. Yeah, handle it. So I think because the first time, because about the first time that I, I did, got a ten there, and I did very really good, and then but everyone said, oh, you want to be baby blues? Yeah, bad. And but then I did really really good. I thought oh, that was a fucking fluke. And they were like, oh man, we'll get back from the weekend. I go, no, no, no thanks. <laughs> and I turned it down for like two three years. Didn't go back because I was scared of it. I was like, definitely a one off. I did the same thing to highlights as well. <laughs> The nature of the stuff that you do is like do you find it's reliable in commercial comedy clubs? Because I think with your material it's it's joke based, it's if they're not one liners, they're sort of two or three liners. You're not pushing a sort of chat 
kind of agenda. You know, some comics can kind of go, here's a bit of material about something I think, and then they can sort of, you know, fudge around it with conversation, yeah. whereas you're more joke-oriented. Yeah. Does that carry with it an inherent risk when you're at a, a commercial comic club where you might have stags, hens, interrupters, yeah. stuff like that? Um, yeah, like, right. so, I'm trying to do this in two questions. Oh, yeah. so, um, for me, <laughs> I'm not very good with the attention span stuff. I zoned out after how you doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Cocktails! I find I have to be, I have to, sometimes I, maybe I'll just give you some information and you can piece the, piece the answer together sure. yourself. So like, I have to make it, make it clear, <laughs> I have to make it clear if I'm doing if I'm doing jokes or conversation. So like if I go on and, for example, two conversations, like two chatty chatty with the audience, like I've got, I've got like a 30 second leeway that I can maybe chat with them a bit. But if I chat too much, then their brains, the way I see it, it's like a little switch, they go from chat, chat um, attention span to jokes. So I have to be careful. If I do too much chat, then the little meter in the head go, oh, this guy's a fucking chatter. And then I try to do jokes. It doesn't, they're already in chat mode, I've already switched them on and let them loose. So I, to, so I have to like, I have to do, make sure I get a joke or make sure it's very structured. And like, you know, oh, this is what I'm doing. That's why I always say, my name's Ben Boot, I'm doing jokes. Yeah. But if I do jokes, then they're in jokes mode. But if I do chat and then try to get a joke, sometimes it doesn't work and then I'll just fail. So, I've certainly experienced that myself, that when, you, when you're being conversational with an audience, there's sometimes a gear change. Sometimes if you're being conversational, and, and you know, I don't know if you're a batter, but that's often what it's called, if you're bantering with an audience, and then they, they do, they get in that mode of going, oh, it's a chatty kind of thing. And if the banter really works and it really flies, then I find with my joke jokes, they come off second best, because yeah, my yeah. best jokes are really as good as improvising something yeah. funny immediately in the moment that they can tell. Yeah, like if, someone, if someone talks to me when I come on, then I'll, I'm aware I've got to deal with this chat quickly. I do have, I do have a little failsafe to get out of it. Like, um, uh, but yeah, I'm chatting, I can't like, realise like, oh, I'm, in, I'm in chat mode here too long, and it starts going in the red, and I'm like, fuck, now I've fucked it. But then, um, but I have to say, like, if I'm going to do too much chat, there's a technique that I've had with, with jokes where I try to write um, safety jokes or safety lines that allows me to get out of, out of things. And one of them is, if I'm doing banter and it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't matter, like, it might not be funny. So I'll find, like, if hopefully it won't go anywhere, because then I can reference, I do a joke where I say, I just reference, oh, that was rubbish, banter, really, really bad banter, I can't improvise here, it's just going nowhere. And then I sort of pull it's all like obviously okay and then I say, I need that little paper clip to pop up and go, it looks like I'm trying to do improvisation. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you need some help and then everyone laughs and then that's it, that's a joke. So then I'm going, I'm back in. So You're back in your jokes. I get, I get one guy like pointed up in the nose dive. <laughs> just plows into Bantaland. It's like a six minute conversation which I don't like. Oh. Okay, do you, back to joke worlds. Do you not? Do you feel happier in joke world then? Yeah. Because you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> so because you can improvise, you're a very good improviser, and maybe the the fact that you've got that joke to get to, you've got like the fansack joke or the paperclip joke. You like because you know, like you said, it's almost good if the banter fails because then you can do that joke. So do you find that having that fansack, knowing like 
hey, this would be great if it works because that'd be funny, and if it doesn't work, I can link to that joke. Because yeah. that's going to put you in a relaxed state of mind that's better for the browser. I know, well, I guess I know, I know that uh, in the back of my mind I've got one chance, I've got a lifeline, but, but, but I still won't find a lot for banter. Okay. And then sometimes, but then I find if I, I, I'm like a good sprinter, I'm not a long distance person, like, but even like in 20 minutes, like, especially like, so I usually go hard real quickly, like I'm boom boom and out and then I'll ease back once I'm at a you know, nice gallop. And then, and then uh, but even then I find that in the middle of people's attention saying start to, oh man, it's so fun Joe's fine at me, Joe, Joe, Joe. Okay. So then I'll, with, I think just sometimes with it, if you open the conversation, like oh, you have the senses out for something I can pick up on and, and play with. And, but yeah, yeah, generally it goes quite well. Like, I don't like it, I like doing jokes. And then if it happens, then I don't mind it, it's quite funny. Sure. So in that, in that, just sticking with that environment of a, of a commercial weekend comedy club at the moment, um, do you find that your jokes, like, do you, do you tailor the speed of your, the, the speed with which you get to the punchline? Are you interested in things like word economy? Are you into like taking words out so that you can get to the funny faster? Because there's something quite, quite enjoyably languid about the way you, you tell, the way you speak your material. You're very relaxed on stage. You look like you've got a lot of time. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I used to be all about like, yeah, like, I'm sure as is every community, like take out the fat, you know what I mean? Don't want to, like more so when I was like, trying to like, almost like meticulously where you're just going over like, probably take that word out. Yeah, sure. Like that's pretty, it's really pretty anal, but then I kind of, but as, it, as I got along now, I quite like that. I think um, Tom Stade said where he, every time he does a joke, he tries to do it a little bit different, just a tiny spot. Almost like he, he says that analogies, like he's on a pool, and the side of the pool is his joke, and then he'll push away from the joke a little bit. And then you can just swim back to it. Okay. So it just tries to mess with the wording a little bit or try a word differently. Not too much, because otherwise you might lose the joke. But like, I guess, so I'm not so much anymore, like, obviously the jokes, I try to keep it quite concise. And I'm aware if I'm putting too much information in. But then, if I'm feeling comfortable, the way I keep it fresh for myself is, I always, I always try to, no matter what gig I'm doing, I always try to do a new joke. That's just me. Okay. And again, I've got a fail safe, which I didn't do today, oh. but I've got, I've got fail safes for those as well. Okay. Um, so, so I was talking to James about this in the interval. Um, that you, you've got lots of, you do have fail safes, you do have those kind of yeah. get out things. Like, I mean, the one I remember, and then we were talking about with James, was the having a list of jokes in yeah. your pocket and saying, these are my. Well, I'll, you know, I'll do my recovery jokes. But uh, yeah, I also did a recovery joke. I did do one. This is a new one I can't read. Okay. like, remember the fucking follow routine joke? And they said, like, what the fuck? Why are you talking about <laughs> it? It's just a little technique, because then I get the laugh, and then while I'm doing that, I quickly look at my list. I actually did look at my list. Fucking better what do you do? Yeah. But yeah, the other one's the other list one, and I just said, there's another one I had, which was like, if I was dying on stage, I used a, a a similarity between the I used to say, you know, I ever saw the Liverpool v AC Milan final, but AC Milan were up four 0 or something, and all the Liverpool fans left. They thought they're not going to win. At the last minute, Liverpool came back and like won five nil, like five four. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, that's going to be like this. Like, 18 minutes and I'm just, this is shit. And you guys are going to leave in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, little fail safes. 
Is, is that because your material is inherently risky? Because you're, because you're sort of on an individual joke basis, like, do you find that an audience will go for joke one, joke two, joke three, joke yeah. four, and then five, it, it will be too daft or a bridge too far or something? Yeah, maybe it's... <laughs> it sounds like going, are you unreliable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that, but no, it's a thought that I'm thinking about your question and I'm like scanning everything I've ever done going, is that why I do it? I'm, I'm like, because I don't know how or why I come up with jokes, but then one guy came up and goes, I don't know how you come up with jokes, and I was like, whatever, loser. Yeah. And then he told me, and it was like he found my power, because I didn't know what he was doing. Shoot him in the face and see who survives. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a saying? I just can't with a saying. 
So this is Benny. Again, I'm so sorry for the sound quality and my apologies to Benny himself. He'd done a great gig for us that night and I'm really pleased with how the interview went. Uh, We'll go into some detail on his persona, his rather musical delivery, the way he approaches writing for an hour-long show. Lots and lots of excellent stuff, lots of really technical stuff, but you will need to just grin and bear the audio. I'm so sorry, but there we go. Onward and upward. So here we go with some live dates for The Comedian's Comedian Live at the Edinburgh Fringe. Remember, the show is daily all throughout Edinburgh at 5.15pm. Do come along we've got some superb guests uh, i'm going to tell you two of them now uh, the first is edinburgh comedy award winner living legend and my fellow dark room skp more on that later brendan burns uh, i'm really pleased to have brendan on the show he's coming along on the 3rd of august now remember these aren't publicly available yet so if you want to get in quickly if you're a fan of brendan burns and i think he's going to be really good fun to talk to very very interesting lots of lots of piercing questions to ask brendan he's made some brendan's made some fascinating decisions <laughs> in his career um but he's a very very funny man and i'm really looking forward to uh to talking to him he is on the 3rd of august and on the 5th of august uh we have a guest a man i first saw at edinburgh years and years ago having seen him many times uh improvising on whose line is it anyway uh, and he then went on of course to appear in the phantom menace he's uh, one of the voice talents there uh, and he's still a very successful comedian with his own excellent podcast it is of course greg proops Again, very, very excited. Basically, everyone we've got for the uh, for the Edinburgh live shows, I'm just thrilled to bits to have. I think they're all capable of selling out. So if you're, if you're desperate to see them, do get in quickly. Greg Proops is on the 5th of August. Some of this stuff is already on the Facebook group, and I'm going to be releasing it publicly on my homepage and on the website later this week. So get in quickly to secure your seat. You can follow the link at comedianscomedian.com for tickets, or you can go to the Gilded Balloon's own website and just search for Goldsmith. Just um, put Goldsmith. It's easier than putting podcast or comedian uh, in the little search box we've had some great entries uh, on Twitter in the game called Very Alderton uh, where we're coming up with Tribute Comics uh, that's the hashtag Tribute Comics uh, my favourite this week has been Beta K by Bloody Helm on Twitter uh, we've had loads of really good ones um, so you can still enter a uh, couple of weeks left we're going to still run that uh, I do have more to read out but as you can probably hear from my voice I'm knackered it's 2.05am and I've been dicking around with the edit all night trying to clean up the audio so I will do more Very Alderton Tribute Comics next time uh, now let's Let's get back to the wonderful Benny Boot. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your persona on stage is it's very unusual. It's, quite, it's very unique to you. Um, you have this kind of blend of being just too daffy. Do you know what I mean? It's just being like, you, you, sometimes it feels like you're from another world. Do you know what I mean? You're like a sort of... Uh, I think, hey, man. Not funny. Not funny. Is that, is that reasonable? I think that's... I, I, for the benefit of the listener, for some reason, we are sitting in the round. And I'm just, just looking... We may have to pause at some moment. I was just thinking we could pause so that the people currently sitting behind Benny could move so they can see his face because he's the guest. Oh, but, just, but then well, we can swap. Yeah. We can switch. Yeah. 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 Get, get six in a room on us, too. And my gang, all <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just looking around, just for. I 
mean, would you, would you agree that, that he's persona? It's like you're a kind of a cartoon character. It's like you're... Yeah, because well, like, I've had cartoon characters, so apparently, you know, I used to consider myself as like a really deadpan. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> this is like when I started to think. But I think like, uh, I've got um, ad, an advert. What the fuck are they me? Off. They gave they, uh, they offered me an advert based on my comedy. This is, uh, this is why I thought this. So then I thought, why am I getting an advert? Because based on what they saw, it's just jokes. It's no like, you know, it's not like, I know, like, it's not like Jack White, it's physical, it's all over the place. You know? Sure. Like, how are they putting me on the television? It doesn't make sense. But then uh, I think my ex-girlfriend at the time, she was like, this is a really animated face. And then I spoke to, went through James Wynesky, a, a promoter, and I was like, why are, you, why are they giving me this? And he goes, because they said you've got a really animated face. And I was like, and then since then, I was like, yeah, you've got a little cartoon, you sort of, yeah. it's all over the place. But yeah. But you, you thought you were dead, but I thought, I thought, <laughs> It's a real slice of bread. Even that is on the cartoon Even if you feel the impression of you being dead man. So, uh, is that something you just, to, the, the way that you're on stage, do you feel it's like a, an accurate representation of you? Is it you just no. being yourself? No, no, definitely not. It's like, you know, like, what was the stand-up said, like, the best character, the best comics are the ones who are truthful on stage. I'm definitely not truthful. You don't think? No. Well, just going go back to, like, how do you, like, keeping it fresh and interesting and quiet about it. It's just, I, I, I will try to, if I, only if I'm feeling very comfortable, uh, rather than fuck with the word, like, I'll never do with that. Well, if I might add bits on the end, which I think I did a few, like, they're not funny. It's just like getting drunk for me. Mm. Otherwise, I will tend to, once like a, like a DJ, like mess with the sound. So, that's, I, like, I elongate my vowels quite a lot. Yes, okay, yeah. So, I'll just like, no, oh, maybe I'll shorten this one. It might be kind of really clipped. So, that, that's also why, I, that's why I swear. I don't swear for shock value. Like, I think, fine, like, I don't ever do jokes on, I do have drug jokes, but I don't like start talking about pot and, oh, and sex and anything like that. Cause I'm a bit, Prudish and I don't like talk about it, very uncomfortable. Okay. So, and the only reason I swear on stage is for rhythm. It's my hi hat. Okay, it's almost like you know, I'm going to compare myself to Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 it's like my own, my own, I am the cantabitar, so I need to swear a little bit to, okay. to keep that fucking bounce yeah. and cadence going. So that, that's why. Yeah, I get uh, an example occurs to me of one of the joke you didn't do tonight, one of my favourite ones of yours about the. Uh, the, the back of the lorry when you know this sign says if you can't see my mirrors I can't see you and to which point says whenever I see that I, that's when I'll go to the back of the lorry and start unloading and stealing their shit <laughs> <laughs> and there is something that you do have that kind of that scansion that odd elastic sort of scansion yeah well I'm, I'm a big so I'm a big fan on um, delivery you must ask you must ask me delivery or content Delivery of content. And I, I think I would put delivery over content. Okay. I, I, love, I love delivery. You know what I mean? Like content's good, but if you're boring on stage, it's just like, sure. On paper, oh, I don't know. Like, Emo Phillips jokes. You know, Emo Phillips? Yeah. Like, he has some amazing jokes. I can't, I can't get into his delivery. 
Yeah, okay. Because I, th I think I used to read, I re read a lot of his stuff before I heard it. I was like, this guy looks amazing. And yeah. I was like, oh no, why? <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah, Evo Phillips. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the delivery, I like it. Something keep, you know. Yeah, it's like a child. Nancy Ryan's good. Are okay, you? That's bad. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next question. Are you a musical? Can you play the instruments? Do you guys DJ? Do you do anything? No, I play the guitar. You might have seen you do guitar on stage. I don't know. Actually. Oh, no. I sometimes play the guitar. Just uh, like the, the technique that Dimitri Ryan does. Yeah. Like, shot, play guitar while you turn ghost. Actually, when James did his bit, when he played that little. We had a little musical bit at home. You find like since he did it, like even I, because I was like going right up, the run set this down. I was like, you know, listening. And as soon as he did that, I was like focused. It just brings everyone's focus in. Yeah. So I find guitars just really nice. Like, I had like at my fest at my show last year. There was this kind of bits where the jokes they wouldn't really work on their own as a joke and just in my set. But you put it behind music, it's like give you a bit more leeway. It's a bit of a cheat. <laughs> We've seen shitloads of acts now just come on with that. These guys were shit. We've got literally a zillion open slots with guitars and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you can think with Dimitri successful Edinburgh runs. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of people start. I, I don't do it after, but every now and then I did it in my show last year. And I don't do it this year, but I've made it a bit more bespoke and there's going to be like a. Yeah, well, it's not just fun, but yeah. But like, another example, like, did, we did a gig, had a gig at um, Spank, which was a very rowdy and crazy like audience. It was late night. These guys were monsters. And I actually brought Paul Sweeney on with me because I wasn't able to play that well. Yes. And he played, and it was just like, oh, this is going to be horrible. As soon as that music started, it's just like uh, that three headed dog in Harry Potter. He's going to sleep. I like, all right, jokes, jokes, jokes. Are you. When you're on stage, you're you seem very shambolic in the way that you work. You've got a bit of paper in your hand. You kind of you lull a bit. You you have that sort of that elastic way of speaking. Is that a deliberate attempt to not be slick? Because you can never something you, you, an accusation that can be never levelled at you is that, is that you're slick. Hang <laughs> on, I say that as someone who like I'm very slick in every single review. So to me, slick is kind of an insult, basically. <laughs> something that has no content and it's just kind of like, you know, just a bit too um, slick. Whereas, I wonder, like, it, maybe it's the same thing as you, um, as you, you're talking about, you know, the way you speak and putting pauses in and sort of elongating vowel sounds and things like that. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, for lack of a word, slick in the fact that I know what jokes I'm going to do, and I'm saying it every time, mm. the same, or roughly the same but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I like to show that, you know, I don't, I don't, it's not my style, but I don't like, I'm not a fan of like the acts who pretend like, oh, I just, this happened today, walking down the shops and, yeah, sure, man, you know, you do a and I was like, no, didn't, I was out for ages, but I like to show that these, it's not a, like, uh, when a band plays, it's like, oh, this next track, this next song, yeah, yeah, it's like this. I've done this loads of times. I used to have an intro where I would say I've done this loads of times. Yeah. Uh, pretend like they're improvised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like to show the audience that it is, yeah. And I like, to, I like to bring the list out as well, just to show them that it is, I've just been on my bits. And I, 
I reveal um, Gary Vader of you because he um, so I kept bringing my list there because I wanted to see you unprepared. That's just that's the whole thing. So you didn't get it. Uh, but I like to show people like this. Yeah, this is just an act of thing. You still get the content, but it's more of a stripped away version. So in that in that respect, uh, it, it is structured. But and I like to keep it a bit loose. Uh, just maybe with, with the sound and the wording and the pace and stuff like that. But the extent where most clients, and it was usually the case, people would just think I was like absolutely wasted on stage. Yeah. But since then I don't think that much on stage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because people kept saying that he's really drunk. And I was like, not getting booked for it. Sure. But like, we wouldn't look for it, he's just unpredictable on stage. But, now, but most of the time it was the persona, but sometimes it wasn't. But now, I'd leave and do your research, I'd like, oh, just look like he's fucking wasted. Totally sober. <laughs> So that's just because of all the movement or wrapping, right? I don't know. Sure. But that's just small kind of And sometimes I think it was a, I think I did on the pizza cutter. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm like, oh, little, oh, elastic and cartoony. On that pizza cutter, I'll do it for every now and then. I've always got on the first joke when I step on stage. I'm always on a joke and I go, oh, I think my, my belly is like totally tense. Mm. And I've got that, that comes from. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? Ah, oh, yeah, it works. But also, when I, I did theatre at university, one of my, one of my acting coaches, he said, you want to give a piece, uh, I can't think of what he told me, but he said, but yeah, it's a bit of like emotion, like just tense your stomach, a little trip, just to tense it. Yeah. Like, already, like, you can feel like it. it gives a bit of, kind of like a fake emotion behind it. Maybe I text my stomach, this joke will work, but also because I'm nervous. Okay. Basically, um, every joke I'm texting myself. If you're listening out there, open spots, text your stomach. Text your stomach, get a guitar. Uh, penultimate bouts, 
And I got there, and I'm like, oh, you're on first, you bounce first. And I literally walked into you're on like 10 minutes. And uh, I said, well, there's my coach and my man here and stuff. And I invited all my friends as well. It was a, it was a local one. And um, uh, it was actually also it was a pro-am. It was a pro-am, pro-am should about, so like, came into one after to go to like professionals and things like that. Which were pro and amateurs. And um, they said they're not here. So I then got my mates to like do warm up and leave like, like spit guy, mark, mouth guy, and like, <laughs> a guy. I mean, I, was, look, I shouldn't have had anyone really. But I was like, oh, well, you be the coach. So then, but then I remember between the guys, you've got to try and get in there more. I said, like, fuck, we're not even the coach. <laughs> The junior Australian champion, and um, <laughs> and uh, he he uh, I said I was on a bit of a streak sort of thing, and um, and again so I was playing, I don't know but I, I just lost, and he, he when he played it he didn't play I usually let, let them come to me but he stood back I remember and then I kind of said well I'll pursue and he said pick me off and I lost my points and that was the last fight and then I became the the for all the bouts and fights in that area I became the ringside announcing commentator, that was my job. <laughs> so I gave up, gave up boxing and I lost and became the, went into to a reporter and used <laughs> a sportscaster. Bit of cross over live to Benny Boot, former uh, uh, state chairman. Benny, what do you have? Yeah, I'm here ringside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we probably don't have time to go into all of those individual jobs, but <laughs> well, why do you think it is, what, how come you have done so many things, so many peculiar sort of jobs? No, it just came up. I wasn't very, I wasn't very good at picking jobs. <laughs> I got fired from a lot, and some of them were just a shit. And some of them were like, just summer jobs, so that's probably why I was looking for some work in the summer. Um, yeah, some were fired, like I worked in a video, so I got fired. Yeah, I don't know, just, just because, I think it was because like I was up north, so I was just trying to get a job while I was at university or up north, and then, well I've done that, then I go south and I go, well, try and get a job. And, Okay. I, was, I was a swimming coach as well for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so were you, what, what were you studying at University Theatre? Yeah, I was studying theatre. Okay. And what, when, was, where, when did you first look at the impulse to perform? Were you like a funny class character type kid or...? Uh, I think I was funny. I don't remember. I don't know. But I, but I, they wanted to keep me out in the first two years of theatre. And the third year I came good and they... Then you, you can only do an honours degree if they offer you a, if you want to, they offer you to come back to do honours. Okay. And I actually came good in the third year and I said, well, we actually want you to come back down and try to do an honours. And for some reason, I decided to do my honours on stand up comedy. Okay. Uh, but I always knew that I kind of wanted to do stand up, like, sure, but I wanted to be a performer or something. And unfortunately, that performance led me to my stupid theatre course. <laughs> as in, like, what a waste. I should be doing, I should be doing like, like five minute spots and on the circuit, four yeah. years, I would have been huge better. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then did my, my thesis on stand-up, which wasn't, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I thought like Eddie Murphy was the best one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big fan, big friend of the show, Eddie Murphy. He's up next week. So, so, after you did, so you did, you did the like, last year, the honest thing, as stand-up, and did you start getting lit? Yeah, uh, as part of the thesis, I did a 30-minute set. <laughs> terrible. As a means of writing less of an essay? Yeah. 
hair thinks it's sliced bread. So I don't know, but then when I tell stories, about, like Joel Domino's told, uh, I told that story to Andrew Bird as well. Like, I told this story about my Polish builders, and, and it's a funny story. And Charles, like, you've got like you're such a good storyteller. Like, oh, I hate it. Yeah. Do you think that would be do you, even if that works? Do you think that would be a gear change that would sit sort of uncomfortably no. next to? Because you, you you know the stuff you talk about is uh, you know uh, when you talk about killing a spider with links. That's a bit of a yappy yap one, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. I think it, it's a bit of learning to get there. Almost too long, but the payoff is good, so I keep. I make an exception for him. So you're lucky. You're lucky to get a fucking laugh, Link Spider. Head over the over the other side of all the other long. Yeah, but it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the long one's because the punchline at the end is so good that the long, you know, it's a, a long build up thing is allowed under those circumstances. Because the, you, your jokes take place in a kind of a, an unreal world. Oh uh, yeah. You're not talking when you're not talking about like you know when you say you invite a load of pizza guys from Domino's over to go to a pizza hut and start fighting them. One would assume that you don't actually do that. No. It's an idea you've had that you're claiming to do in a sort of cartoon-like world that you're yeah. setting up. Yeah. Yeah. Every bit is like a mini story. Yeah. That's what they are. They're not. They're always, they are kind of some jokes, but most of them are mini stories. I think. Okay. In this hyper reality world. Sure. Well, that's it. Maybe cartoon like is the wrong word. So it is. It is hyper real. Yeah. So maybe it would sit uncomfortably for you then to tell revelatory actual stuff about your life. Uh, yeah. Some. Yeah. Yeah, I would. But sometimes I have. There have been glimpses into having truthful jokes, but you always should know. Okay. Can you give us an example? Well, there, have, there are bits that have actually happened, as ridiculous as the jokes are, but it just, that's just like, no, no, no. What I'm thinking of now isn't what you did tonight, it's not when you talk about misting up a window and you could stare oh, at no. a woman. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a joke about you being a pervert and a pig and a rapist. What? Yes. I assume there was some reason why you wouldn't have wanted to say that. No, that joke came from, um, I read a tweet. Um, um, about how a guy used to, he goes, the tweet was basically just like, I like to fog up the window, I fog up my bathroom mirror, and then run my hand fingers along it for the four strip marks and pretend like I was Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started thinking, fog, yeah, this kind of fog, and then, um, and then, and again, like, so I took fog and fogging something up. Originally I wrote something like, I don't have an iPad. I just fog up the mirror and write stuff on it or something like that. Fog joke 0.01 draft. <laughs> and then, then I was like, well, ninjas kind of like don't want to be seen. But did I do that? You didn't do that once tonight, no. But so fog joke was is like, sometimes the ninjas, back in the other days, ninjas, they, um, they're very secretive people. And if they thought someone had seen them, they would just throw a smoke bomb down and then the smoke would like come up and conceal their identity. And it's a good technique which I've adopted in my everyday life. For example, when I'm curving on a lady through the window, <laughs> if I think she has seen me, I'll quickly breathe out and fog the window up the whole time. Yeah, so that was, that was, but yeah, that, okay, it worked backwards. Ninjas, ninjas, you smell it from the I don't know. Sure. I just, I've got all these pieces and I'm trying to construct something. 
And what, let's talk about the environment in which you're doing that. I think you're, I think you told me before that you sit in cafes and you sit and go through, right, are you a hard writer? Do you, do you work yeah. hard? Do you put in hours? Yeah, I do, do, do a lot right. So what, what's your, what's your weekly schedule look like? Right. I really write every second day, maybe. Okay. Because once I've written everything, I won't write again until I throw that stuff out. Okay. So usually we write that night, do it, which is some good. Yeah. It's every week. And so it's like, right, day off, right, day off. But yeah, just coffee and just sit there, listen to music. Okay. So I don't like to do. Yeah, I also find something I found recently, you put earbuds in the ears, you can't hear anything. It's almost like everything on magnifying. Like, <laughs> like, fog ninja, fog ninja, fog ninja. Oh, <laughs> like good. Yeah, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it's just annoying. Okay. <laughs> but it means like sensory deprivation. I don't know if comics now. Guitar, tense Yeah, music, uh, upbeat music is like, Gets heart rate elevated, so okay. that's one point. Okay. Uh, and then you start to read through stuff, old stuff. It's like a snowball. All the stuff's already written, so I just rewrite, 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 rewrite until I find something good enough to go in. Okay, okay. some. What did you do? That's a good joke. Yeah, sometimes a new joke is something that I may have written like years back. I just go through old books and just keep rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. The Midland Haystack's old, okay. old idea. Yeah. It's only quite new, it's been around for like three weeks or so. Okay. That was like back in book four. There's a book that you wrote there? 13. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so it's like, it wasn't really in book four, but it was like a long time ago. Sure, sure. But yeah, it's rewriting. So, so it's almost like once you've written some stuff, it, it just keeps building and just keeps rewriting itself. And then while you're writing those bits, you might go, your brain is also what part of your brain is still working, trying to find new ideas. Yep. And then say, oh yeah, and then I'll finish that quickly, I'll right, start writing a new premise or idea or observation that I've heard of, or I've so thought of, and then that will be rewind. So just keep self-actuating. Sure. And then also just having a lot of like fire to like read through, like, so I would read through Twitter and just like do a lot of good stuff. Not, not definitely not saying that I steal it's just, you know, like, well, for example, the, the, the fog joke, you know, yeah. I read that thing, then I was like, oh yeah, so let's play around with the idea of faults and things. Like yeah. That. That's okay. in my head, and I played with that, and that's how it came to joke. Sure. So it's just like a lot of food for thought, sort of thing. Sure. Immerse yourself in information. You used to leave the telly on as well, so you might see an advert that you make okay. fun and stuff. Okay, you know, so like, you're creating an environment in which yeah, so you go to a coffee shop, it's yeah. like busy, time to bustle, 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 mm-hmm. and you look around, people you might hear, Something that someone says, which is thought is a bit strange way of saying that, but sure. I'm trying to turn that into a bit. Have you ever done any, did you ever do any training? Did you ever do a course or anything like that in stand up? No. So, your, your system for coming up with that is just something that seemed like a good way to do it and yeah. refined over time? Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, what sort of state are you in? Uh, like mentally, when you're doing, do you feel positive about your? I mean, like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Do you... <laughs> that was out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching all this cartoon Adventure Time. Have you guys ever heard of it? Yes, yes, 
it's a kids cartoon, but yeah. it's not for kids. Yeah. And the print is one line where the princess goes, I need you to go to this mountain and get this book, and only heroes can do it. And he's like, what? No! And she goes, I love this! I'm in my element! <laughs> or something like that. That's why I just, for some reason, I decided to say that. So, but something, something I struggle with when I'm writing is a kind of a negative voice that goes, "Ah, oh, that's never going to work." That's that. Ah, oh, so do you ever suffer from anything like that, or do you feel positive about your? Yeah, that's yeah, But this is what I mean. Like I don't know what's funny. It's a messy thing. I'm going to be funny. They fucking die, and you go, "Oh, well, that's me." Yeah, but I thought it was going to be funny. Yeah, not funny. And then you go, oh, now we're going to do this other shit stuff. Yeah. These idiots have no fucking idea. <laughs> and then I get a big laugh, and I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I didn't know it was going to work. Yeah, right. Every comic says that. Like, the best you think is going to work, don't work. The best you don't think is going to work, might work. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, it was just at the end, I'll express my disappointment when I'm writing. I'm like, shit session. <laughs> <laughs> I play FIFA. Okay. <laughs> but during the session, you, you kind of have a severe. On my later, I found that I would I would write for like an hour and a bit, two hours, and it's just nothing's coming. And it's only the last thirty minutes that I start to bash out like uh, ideas which are workable. Okay. okay. And then sometimes it's on the start. There's no real um, At this point, Benny did a complex mind. <laughs> if you want, if you want to see the no, evidence of these conversations, you have to buy a ticket to this. <laughs> my podcast. Master, master, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go. What? There's no repetitive. Consistency. <laughs> There's no consistency. Nothing's always the same. Like it yeah. goes, uh, I find some days some some for maybe weeks or months I might write similar. Okay. And then it changes without just because I think my body is over it. So sure. Sure. It's like it's an echo even. Okay. Okay. So you're changing you're changing up the system. Though. Yeah. I just get the shit for it because it's just not working. So I tried to you know like I write at home and then if I start to get oh, it's not working then I'll change change the scenery go to copy blood. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it up, yeah. <laughs> so mix it up, yeah, but it's ten stomach. It's up. I uh how do you say I'm calling pamphlets? <laughs> I made a note, but some of these notes are from the last time I saw you when we were in Liverpool. And one of my notes I no longer understand. Do you know what oh, this right. means? Let's see if we can figure it out. How long can you keep the owl impression going? Oh does that, does that mean anything to you? Yeah. yeah. I obviously okay. thought it was worth writing down, so tell me what that is. <laughs> Now, how many times I've thought, just because, you know, you bought it, I don't know how long I can do this owl. I literally just go, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing I was, ah, this is stupid. And then it's not that thing where they laugh because it's just, woo! <laughs> and I kept doing it, and then I added a little bit in there, like, after I've done it for like maybe a minute. <laughs> And I just casually look at my voice. <laughs> and I keep going to do it. But I can usually feel when they always say, oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, long. But I think it is, I've never like, gone too long. Sure. It can't get that longer, though. <laughs> yeah. given, the, given the nature of stuff like that, some of your stuff, which is risky, like you said, there's a long setup and then a payoff. 
Do you get nervous on stage about whether or not something's going to work? Does that actually, obviously there, there is an element of risk as to whether, whether it won't, but do you actually have like an emotional response to that? Do you think, oh fuck, I hope this works? Or are you actually as relaxed and sort of languid as you, as you appear to be? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if, if I, yeah, yeah, I do. And I think, like, because you usually tell sometimes when an audience is more savvier than others. Sure. Every comic's got little bits that gives them an idea like these guys. Like, whether it takes how long to laugh and joke or... Yeah. Yeah. But if, if it, like, if I feel like, oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't do this joke. And then, yeah. And then might even take them, like, a beat for a laugh. You go, oh, fuck. But, yeah. So yeah. Sometimes you just come and go, yeah, this is always going to work. Yeah. But, yeah. Those are the days when you just feel comfortable and you know the audience are beautiful. So. It, it really happens where you're so comfortable say that Jerry talks Jerry Snyder talks about the documentary called Comedian have you seen it? Yeah, yeah it's about Jerry and not doing any of his old jokes ever again he does it for one more time that's the last name of his CD that he brought out he said Tony for the last time and then immediately goes into this documentary about him trying to write two hours of material and shows him five and he, talk, he talks about it as well about never ever fully comfortable on stage and then you do find that it's beautiful with that sweet spot being in the zone and it's just like you can do anything it's crazy you know what I'm talking about uh, yeah absolutely absolutely there's, uh, I think it's referred to as flow you know in a, in a sort of arty kind of way when you get in a state of art it's just working out so you just kind of tumble in yeah, it doesn't happen it doesn't happen that often not very often at all I hope what you can well, the times, really, where it's just been the super sweet spot, where it's just like, and sometimes that superly is so comfortable, it's not even, the gig's not even going that well, but you just feel fucking comfortable. Yep. So it's like, you're just handling this dying, it's so amazing. I've had this, it actually has been usually when I'm not doing well. I don't love that moment, I'm killing it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I don't know how long we've done, but I feel like we've done a little while. I'd like to throw it to the floor if anyone's got any questions. If you ask me and then I'll repeat the question into the thing. Do you feel like, do you worry about um, putting material on Twitter or do you want to, do you want to save it? Um, I mean, all, all shit just goes on Twitter, but there's only one interesting question I realise. There have been one or two jokes where, and this is where the time I go, this is funny. So I feel like I don't need to put on Twitter. Well, I think it's a very good observation. I'm scared someone might <laughs> do it in that time scale probably to do it on stage and I've lost yeah. the rights to it or something. <laughs> but yeah, all shit goes on Twitter. To the point where I think I tweet too much sometimes, I lose followers. <laughs> After about three hours of tweeting, <laughs> this is my follow and I'm fuck off, dude. It doesn't even make sense. Right? So I'm like, this is just my test ground. I don't know. Who is this? Yeah, someone said you were funny. I went on Twitter, not one thing you have read has been funny. I was like, oh, sorry, I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything goes on Twitter. But then every now and then, they want me just want to go, that is fucking dumb. It's crazy to go. How many incarnations of your stage persona have you gone through to get to the one that you have there? Um, at the beginning, uh, like literally within the first six months, it was like it fucked it. It was all over that, all over, all over the place. 
But I think what you see now has been pretty much standard for nine years, eight years, I reckon. Uh, maybe it's played. Because like, the thing is, I found out, because I used to drink a lot when I went on stage, only because I was nervous, it was a very hit missy. You know I mean? Like someone like Tony Ball, back in his day, a very hit miss, but now he's finally learned how to, not learned, but he's just, yeah, it's just found it now. Yeah, he's a lot more. That's why I think comedy, comedy is about consistency as well. Like anyone go and have a fucking awesome gig, you can do it the next month or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, so I never had much consistency. I would be really good, or literally really shit. So, and uh, so in those days when I was drunk, I found I quite liked the style when I was drunk. It was really fucking loose. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really fun, but didn't get all forgiven for that. Sure. Uh, and I think that's almost like muscle memory now, like drinking a lot on stage, that kind of, especially because I listen to a lot of it back and I've almost like, um, um, re, like, re-imitate, like, imitate what I, what, how I was when I was drunk. <laughs> almost. So that's probably why... That's dangerous there. advice. Like, 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 soda is doing an impression of yourself drunk. Almost. Okay. It's just, I don't know, just stuff came out of it. Sure. Um, and then sort of when I stopped drinking, I found that there's a little, a little bit more punchier and stuff like that. And then I, so I don't know, it changed a little bit, but, uh, but yeah. Do you see a big difference in the, the, the you on stage and the you off stage? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said, you, the, the reason I mentioned it is you sort of alluded to that earlier on. Yeah. And I, I you yeah, sound quite yeah. similar to me, or not. <laughs> I kind of tailor 
a lot of American followers, and that's when their nights would be afternoon news. Okay. So I'm looking for their response as well. Sure. So then, so I'm always working with American if that makes sense. Okay. But usually it's just because I want to be awake, even if I have coffee too late. That's the main thing. Is there, are you awareness of the particular things you're good at as a stand-up comic? And are there things that you find intangible? Are there things you wish you were better at that you don't feel you've got your, your head around? Uh, are there sort of things you see other people do that you go, oh, I wish I could get that in the same sort of thing? Ah, uh, no, not really technique or anything like that. Uh, obviously jokes. Mm. Sometimes I see a really good joke. There's no one that, yeah, nothing like, I always think that I would like to get accents, but I would never do that on stage. Because it's always a bit too tall to have if you can do good accents. Yeah? Um, um, maybe sometimes I feel like I wish I could do a bit more of that. But then I go, ah, I don't know. Like a bit more physicality. I don't say that word, but that's an easy word as well. Physicality. Yeah. Good work, lips. Yeah, you know, people like do that proper act out scenes and stuff like yeah, that. They all the different characters. I do, I quite like words that are really good. Oh man, I'm going to do that. But then when I get out there, I go, that's Sydney. Sure. And conversely, are there things that you see other comics do that you make you roll your eyes and you just go, oh, God, what, what do you hate about comedy? <laughs> Those are questions, too. Yeah, go on. Um, I'm not a fan, or I mean, I'm not a real fan of um, Ventura Girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do like um, Nina Pompey, <laughs> because she doesn't use the doll to insult the audience. She uses it as a character which she composes. Sure, I can you know I mean? Whereas you did the Ventura is using the doll as the trick. Uh, an in-depth question there, which I think I'm going to condense thus. Uh, you just said a moment ago, and this is condensing it, this is just really repeating it amazing. But you just, what you just said there, for example, nice one, you stumbled over the word, then you said, oh, well done, lips, when you correctly said it. Is that something you said before? And the question, as a wider thing, I think, is your failsafe, your safety net sort of jokes, do they come from improvisation when things don't work and you have to save it? And then refine them over time, or are they safety net jokes that you've written ahead of time? Um, yeah, half and half. Some of them came out from improvisations. The uh, death on four came out. I wrote read the idea that I thought it was funny that I would have two jokes, and that idea kind of worked. And then, then at the very last moment, I basically what it is is that I'll do it. Yeah, I always do it after a new joke. If the new joke works, that's great, and I can just carry on. And it's almost like a step. If like one new joke works, it's great, then I go to the next stage of another new joke. As soon as the new joke fails, and I have to stop doing new jokes. Mm-hmm. And then I pull out this bit of my paper, so this is a list of my jokes. Now at the bottom here, I've got two jokes written at the bottom, little asterisks written next to them, and these are my death comp four jokes. So if shit's going sour, I fucking bust out death comp four. <laughs> Say the day. You'd be surprised how often I use them. <laughs> I've already used them. <laughs> um, and so I read, just wrote that as my safety now, my Defcon 4 jokes. And it was only that last bit that I, I said, oh, you'd be surprised how much I use them, which got a laugh. And then I just said, I've already used them. Just like, that was, that was improvised. And then that just works. And then he showed 
So what I, do you I see as your... I always, I've always said little goals. My first goal in comedy was to quit and go full-time, which I did like two years ago. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty scary, but it's paid up now. The next one that I've got, I would like to go to Montreal or do Kilkenny, or little sub, little sub goals. Sure. Um, and then the one after that, you know, a special or something like that. So that's his away. But man, I've set, set little goals. The first one I'll go full-time, I've done. Next time I want to try do Montreal, get invited. Get invited. I don't want to do Montreal, I get invited to Montreal. Yeah. Or get invited to do Kilkenny. I was always impressed with those when I was a kid. Yeah, sure. So that's sort of like a thing. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm 11. I'm like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, right. He's starting to age. But we might be Louis C.K. Is that, is that just off the show or is that real? What's that? Isn't Louis C.K. Louis C.K. in the 11? Is that what I've heard talking about? I haven't heard that really. Yeah. Or maybe it's like the thing in one of his shows and then he's like talks to, he's like, Thank you so much to Benny. Thanks to my assistant producer, Sarah Grun, and apologies to both of them for all of these sound issues. As I said, all my fault, uh, and we will make sure that uh, this never, ever happens again. <laughs> Remember, it's Brendan Burns on the 3rd of August and Greg Proops on the 5th. You can get your tickets from gildedballoon.co.uk. Search Goldsmith in the little search box, uh, or you can follow the link on comedianscomedian.com. You can tweet me at comcompod. Email me at info at comedianscomedian.com. That's enough web stuff. Thank you to Dan Melrose. Thanks to Graham Crockford. I'm knackered. I'm going to bed. I'll speak to you next Wednesday. (laughs) 